Hi, my name's Katie. I'm a certified life coach, mother of four, prince, lover, and seeker of joy. Every week, I'm going to give you tools, tips, and tricks to create joy in your everyday life. Based typically on the law of assumption, but we go through other ways as well. So if you want to experience joy in your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday life, come on, let's go. Hello, beloved. How are you? Sorry, I'm a little bit behind schedule. I'm getting ready to move, and so packing is a joy and a delight. And so I've had to put some things on the back burner, and one of them is recording on my regularly scheduled times. So I'm getting into it. I'm getting back into it. Today's going to be a treat. It'll be a longer episode to compensate for not doing a Monday, Tuesday cast. And that's just how I'll do it. Monday through Wednesday, I'll either drop three little snacks or I, if I think the topic's long, I'll just record one. You'll get the gist. I just want this to be fun. This is fun for me. I love talking about these things because I've seen such, I've seen the impact it makes in my life and other people's lives. And I know it sounds cheesy or too simple or too good to be true, but that's not the case. The best things in life really are free and your thoughts are free and you get to cultivate in your own mind the life you desire. And once you do, I'm telling you, really what you have in the way of material, tangible shit does not matter because the joy that you feel about yourself is worth more than its weight in gold. There's just no quantifying it. Feeling freedom within yourself, a calm delight just about existing on this fucking planet is worth more than you could fathom. And have I fully arrived? No, but I'm on my way, right? I am on my way. And I definitely experience more good days than bad. And I know it's just going to keep on growing. And I want you to feel that too, because I know what it's like to not have it. And I would never want anybody to experience that. And if you choose to experience that, I get that because there was a time in my life I chose to experience that too. I thought it served me, but I'm here if you need someone. So that's all I want to be is here. I want to be a cheerleader and a post and a beacon and a, what is it, a lighthouse of love? I'm a lighthouse of love. Make that into a song, like new Yacht Rock song. Lighthouse of love. <laughs> Some of you might not even know what Yacht Rock is. I love Yacht Rock. It's like 70s and 80s soft rock. It is an addiction. Anyway, so I'm going to skip the soul truth. If we get through what we have to talk about today in enough time, I will pull a soul truth card, but we're going to bypass that today because I want to go over briefly what we talked about last week, which was no experience and be. Remember, it might have been too uh, deep for some or just scattered. So let's go over it again. Just make it clean it up a little bit, make it more concise, and then we'll move on to the topic. So To know something is, remember, there's the three phases, knowing, experiencing, and being. That's why we're here on this earth. We know already 
intellectually many things. All truth is inside us. We are God made flesh, but we're here to walk it out. We're here to experience this and create this so that we can know it with every fiber of our being. Because it's one thing to say, you know, joy, like I want to have joy, but until you actually uh, basically vibrate joy, you don't know what that's like. It's just a concept in your mind. So to know something in my head is something that I want to experience in my reality. I would like to experience or know the feeling of X or fill in the blank. So let's use an example uh, because knowing is really our desire. It's like, I want SP. Well, I want a new home. So we're going to use the example of tacos. I desire tacos. And I picked that because a girl loves tacos, any kind, beef, cheese, chicken, steak. I love tacos. Like I could think of a hundred ways to make tacos off the top of my head. So we're going to use that. So I desire tacos. Then we have the experience, the walking it out or the believing faith phase. Every action you take does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be deep. We don't always have to be in the hustle bustle grind of life. I think that's a paradigm that we get into that I have to be doing something. I have to be busy. I have to make it happen. No, walking it out can mean many things. Faith is action. Believing is an action. Faith is just walking it out and trusting it in the process, trusting in the dark, believing in the process. Um, Faith says, you know, do I have the stuff to make tacos at home? Do I need to go to the store and get the stuff to make tacos? Do I need to learn how to make these tacos on YouTube or take a class or open a cookbook because I've never done this before? Or... Faith can say, I'm going out to eat. Somebody's going to bring me tacos. I'm just going to live my life because I know I'm going to experience tacos. That is how faith is. Faith is like, I'm getting tacos, but let me see which way the tacos are going to not necessarily come because I don't want us to be in a hustle state of how can I make this happen. But typically when you have a desire, you know little steps that are inspired that you can take to do your part. And then once you've done your part, you basically sit back and like if you wanted tacos and let's say I don't got a job, I want tacos. Well, then I'm probably going to pick the I'm waiting for someone to bring me tacos because my part, there's nothing I can do on my part unless my part is to find a job and get the money and make and do the tacos. But I guarantee you somebody's going to bring tacos into my reality before that. So We don't always need to be doing something. That's where we need to focus within a little bit more and get still with ourselves, because then we'll know the correct action to take. Sometimes action, like I said, is just believing. Sometimes there is something that you actually need to do, whether it's speaking something out loud, thinking a thought on purpose, walking out with your body, doing something, talking to someone. That's what the experiential part is, okay? So then we're going to move on to the B. And the B is the best part. The B is the whole reason. It's the creation. It's why we wanted to know and experience. The B is where we embody something and we take it into ourselves and make it a part of us. So the B 
in this example is the freaking tacos, the created and experienced tacos. It's the completed on our plate. It's the, or in the box or however they come. It's eating the tacos, smelling the tacos, crunching. Are they hard, soft? What they taste like? The joy, the now moment of the taco experience. That's what the B is. So that breaks down no experience B in a little different way. However, I want to add a caveat. What Neville meant by the feeling is the secret is this. If you did not, or excuse me, if you did experience the part, the faith part, if you, if you did this correctly, the know and experience part, eating the tacos, I'm going to tell you, will be really of no surprise. Now, don't get me wrong. It will feel amazing because you're eating tacos and you've craved this. This is your desire now. But the feeling amazing part is going to pass. I'm just going to tell you. It won't feel awesome forever. Because in your reality, if you did this right, you already embodied and experienced the version of someone that ate tacos. It already had been created by your mind. You already sat into that feeling. You'd already envisioned it so many times into being that when you ate the tacos, it was just a physical manifestation of what you'd already been experiencing. So that's a little Neville caveat. Anywho, now the topic today is ways to assist the subconscious mind in belief. So Since we create what we believe or we create what we think and experience continuously, faith is super important because, uh, as Joseph Murphy says, the subconscious brain does not respond to coercion. Its outpouring can only come from the belief of the conscious mind. So basically what Joseph Murphy, one of my favorite, I love Joseph Murphy. I know a lot of people get off on Neville and I love Neville, but my jam, I love Joseph Murphy. And they say that he was also taught by Abdullah. So Joseph Murphy and Eric Butterworth, those are two people that you should really lean into. They just speak my language of manifestation. And that's really all we're getting into. You know, everybody's got their own universal truths are universal. I don't care if you're Christian, metaphysical, whatever. There's certain truths that are just dominant. But it's relating to those truths in a way that's beneficial to us. And Joseph Murphy does that for me. The way he speaks, it just, I understand manifestation in a complete way. So get with some teachers. That's why we have coaches and different teachers. And then sit with yourself and see where your body's leaning. Remember, you are the ultimate teacher. Okay, so let me get back to the topic. I get, I digress. But faith is super important because, um, Like we just said, the subconscious mind, it doesn't respond to being bullied, basically. So the conscious mind, which remember is the prefrontal cortex, it's the logical or judgment part of the mind. Basically, it's the gatekeeper of the subconscious, the bouncer, if you will. And if your subconscious mind is the club we all want to get into, then we got to get through the bouncer, which is the conscious mind. So we can either become friends with the bouncer Or slip through the back door. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Ways to get um, acquainted with the bouncer, make friends with the bouncer so that we don't have to bully the subconscious. Or ways to sneak into the club through the back door. So if we want to become friends with the bouncer, the first thing we can do is question our conscious thoughts. 
So you do that by journaling or writing down your thoughts and then questioning them. And I've discussed this before um, on previous podcasts, so you can go look that up. But when you journal, I advise, and you can do it in your phone. I just advise you, I prefer getting a pen and a piece of paper because there is something cathartic about that. And typically, when you're doing it with pen and paper, you don't have time to have judgments about yourself while you're writing down your thought dump or your thought spew or whatever. You are intent on what is in your head and putting it out there. So you're not thinking because we can think in layers. I mean, we all know that when we go to bed at night, you can be thinking, look at that squirrel over there. Or I wonder if that squirrel is fat while you're also thinking, like, what are we going to have for dinner tomorrow? So I think by writing it down and using pen and paper, it puts our brain into singular focus because thoughts are tricky. Our brain is tricky. It likes to, no, I really was, I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like this. And so when you write it down, you're like, no, you meant it like this, boo. And this is what I'm really thinking. You can confront it and really sit with it when you write it down. So once you've written it down, you need to ask yourself, is it true? Is it true? Is your thought true? How do I show up when I think this thought? And what am I receiving by thinking this thought? So an example for me with this would be like smoking. For 20 plus years, I was a smoker. And um, is it true that I'm a smoker? No, that's just the way I chose to see myself as a smoker. I didn't have to be a smoker. That's just the state of consciousness that I was choosing to embody at that moment. I am a smoker. See how I am being being the no experience be. I desired to let's go back to the no experience be paradigm. Knowing I knew that I desired to be cool. So I wanted to experience smoking because I thought experience smoking would be cool. You think when I started smoking that I just took to that shit and was inhale, exhale, woohoo, yeah, this is nice. Hell no, I hated it. I thought it was disgusting and it stunk, but I persisted in it until it became my being because I wanted to smoke. I you know it sounds dumb when you say it out loud. That's why we need to write our shit down. Write it down. But now, but then 20 years later, I just thought that was who I was. I am a smoker. It helps me relieve stress. These are all paradigms I chose to believe. However, when I broke this down and I examined and sat with this thought, I realized that was not true of me anymore. Maybe 15-year-old Katie wanted that, but I was still living in 15-year-old Katie's brain. Retold. I don't want to say that like it's just that's just dumb. That's dumb that I can't even believe that I thought like that. But I'm not going to sit in shame over it. That doesn't do me any good either. Does it? No. To shame me would just spin me out. And I did that a lot every time I try to quit smoking and get back in. So shame doesn't do nothing. That's what I just questioning my thoughts did everything because it removed the judgment and the shame. And it just made me like. Oh, okay. It's like, when you know better, you do better. That's it. Wasn't anything deep. So 
Is it true? How do I show up? And then what am I receiving by thinking this thought? When I did that with smoking, I was like, what am I receiving by thinking that I'm a smoker? Well, I get out of being stressed and I get the social aspect of smoking because I like to smoke at work because everybody went down to smoke and you get all the gossip and the tea and you know what's going on. So I'll be excluded if I don't quit or if I quit smoking, things like that. Um, But then I had to think, what else am I receiving by thinking this thought? Um, I'm receiving uh, the fact that I have to wash my hands, that I'm self-conscious all the time about the way I smell. Every time I go in, I have to wash my hands, brush my teeth, spray for breeze, do this whole ritual. What am I receiving, you know, by thinking this thought? Bad lungs, shame that comes with the stigma of smoking. I mean... I'm not saying that you shouldn't smoke. This isn't a thing about that. Because look at uh, Abdullah with his drinking and things like whatever you believe to be true is true for you. But I had a, what is it? Uh, What do they call that? Cognitive dissonance. Where the person I was wasn't aligning with the person I wanted to be. And so it was creating friction in the middle. That's all I want us to discern. What's that friction in the middle? Okay, so let's go on. So question your thoughts, ask if they're true. That's number one, to become friends with the bouncer. Then there's meditation. So a meditation is another way, we've already discussed this, to sit with your conscious thoughts. When we realize thoughts uh, come and go, you know, thinking is what the brain does. It's not who we are. We're the one who watches what the brain does. The brain thinks thoughts and we watch the brain think thoughts. Then we're able to make peace with our thoughts because we realize it's not really us thinking the thoughts. It's doing what the brain does. And we're watching the brain work, basically. We're like, take your soul to work day. (laughs) We're the soul and we're watching the brain work. Hmm, It's interesting what the brain thinks. That's all we really do when we meditate. We sit with ourselves and say, hmm, what's the brain doing? And then when we get deep into meditation, then we can get into the access of the soul even more. I mean, like, what is my soul trying to tell me? What does it want me to hear? So meditation is another way to become friends with the bouncer. So and the third way that I put down was think on purpose. Once we are aware that we are the thoughts, um, once we're aware... Uh, yeah, that we're the thoughts that we don't want, not that we are, that we're thinking, excuse me. Once we're aware that we're thinking the thoughts we don't want, we can clearly define what we do want. So I want to add, everything that you want, mind you, is to cultivate a feeling. I don't care what it is. I want my specific person. I want my home. I want this career. I want this money. I want this vacation. Whatever your desire is, it's so you can cultivate a feeling you think you'll get once you have it. So get in touch with that feeling that you want to feel and then work on thinking a thought that will allow that. Again, we've discussed this in past episodes. So, for example, I want to be in a relationship so I can do things as a couple, so I can have a best friend who's always down to love me, who holds my hand, who tells me I'm pretty, all the sweet things. If I had this, how would I feel? Well, I might feel in love. I might feel um, elated, free. I might feel cherished. So if I felt cherished, what is a thought that I can think today that will help me feel cherished? Maybe a thought is, I'm so proud of you, girl. You always know how to come out on top. 
or I'm so excited to get to know you girl and the strengths you possess or I love taking care of me and knowing that I can have my own back. Those are thoughts that can make you feel cherished. What's a thought for you that makes you feel cherished? And then I'm not going to lie. I encourage you to stand in front of the mirror and say these things to yourself. I do my affirmations in front of the mirror a lot of times because I feel like they're really, I'm talking to myself. I'm building a relationship with myself. So when you're trying to create the thought so that you can generate the feeling you want to have, keep this in mind. Keep in mind that at any time you can create the feeling you want, and maybe you should do them in front of a mirror. Like Louise Hayes, she says that as well. She liked to do her affirmations in front of a mirror, and that's how she cured herself of cancer. It, that's Louise Hayes, check out any of her books. Um, what is it? The Powers Within You? I think that one's one of my favorites. I think that's how I, the book's title. Anyway, but what is a thought that can create the feeling for you? Let's just leave it at that because I will get off into tangents. This bitch, I'm older. My kids have to remind me that. Mom, you just said and then you forgot saying it. Sorry, boo. I'm older. I know that's a thought paradigm that I'm pushing out and I don't give a fuck. I choose to think it right now. So don't come at me. (laughs) All right. So um, one last thing I want to add. The subconscious mind deals in images. So instead of speaking out loud what I do not like or what I do not choose to experience, you need to be speaking out loud and thinking on what you do want. So... When you say things like, I don't like this, remember, it's the wish giver, the subconscious that says, as you wish, I'll create more like this. When you say, I think I want this, the subconscious hears, I want this, as you wish, you want this. But when you say, I am or I have this, the subconscious says, as you wish, you are, you have. So what are you following up with the I am? I'm so lazy. Okay, as you wish, more lazy. Or I'm so energetic and vivacious. As you wish, more of that. We need to be thinking about what we say. I don't, I don't like my house is so messy. As you wish, more of that. No, we need to always be. The only reason we should ever focus momentarily on what we don't want is so we can flip the script and affirm what we do want. That's it. The only reason we experience what we don't want is so we can be like, ah, okay. Oh, and see, back to Louise Hayes. She gives a perfect example that I always remembered from her book that she says, so when you go to a restaurant and you order your food and you're waiting for it to come and it comes and it's the wrong order, the person who doesn't think they're worthy will just eat that fucking meal. They're just going to eat it on up because they don't think that they're worthy. I don't want to send it back. What if they spit in it? But if you have some worth, first of all, you're not worried that it's coming because you know that the cook's going to do what they do when you first order it. But if it gets to your table and it's not what you want and you're of confidence, you just send that shit back and say, I don't like this. This, I wanted my steak medium rare, not medium. Can I send it back? 
And that's the same thing. When you experience things in your reality you don't like, it's just so you can send it back. Nobody's spitting in that shit for you. Just send it back and order a new thing. That's the only reason it's pertinent in your reality. It's so that you know what you want even more. So... Now we've discussed the ways to get through the front door. Remember, to get through the front door, to make friends with the bouncer, we just question our thoughts, meditate, and think on purpose. So basically, all these distill just come down to being friends with ourselves. Become friends with our mind. How do you make friends with people? You get to know them and what they like and what they don't like, and you're interested in them. You need to take an interest in your conscious mind and what it likes and what it doesn't like and how it works and the patterns that it thinks in. So that's how you become friends with the bouncer in your life and get through that front door. So the bouncer will go be like, hey, you can come in the club and start spitting out everything that you desire because it impresses it on the subconscious. So now, if we're going to go through the back door, the two ways that... You can go through the back door. So the first one I'm going to talk about, I feel, is predicated on the front door experience of meditation. So is hypnosis. I'm a huge advocate of hypnosis. I love hypnosis. I've used this to help separate from many old thought paradigms in my life. And I love hypnosis because I'm a constant thinker. Like overdrive. Like, why did he look at me like that? What does that mean? I wonder why this. I wonder why that. I am like rabbit. That was my tendency. Like rabbit on Winnie the Pooh. Remember Winnie the Pooh rabbit? (laughs) I have tendencies to lean into that state of consciousness if I'm not careful. So I have to be intentional. And hypnosis has allowed me to bypass the frenetic tendencies I lean into and just sit back into my subconscious. Now, I must admit, I do not think that I would be so into hypnosis had I not began a consistent meditation practice. That's why I said I use it in tandem because meditation really allowed me to self-soothe Um, soothe and cultivate, you know, a sort of flow in my mind. So when I got to the hypnosis, I was more uh, apt to relax. I, I equate hypnosis, if you could have a visual of hypnosis, like if meditation sitting in a hot tub, hypnosis to me is like floating on a floaty in a lake or a pool. It is kick back with a beer in your hand, floating down the river type of vibe. I love hypnosis. And there are so many on YouTube, so many trustworthy sites. Get you some. Because hypnosis, like I said, it's helped me break so many paradigms. I can't even, I can't even tell you. So anyway, so another way to go through the back door is, um, and the reason we know that hypnosis works, let me just go back, sorry, is because it goes right to the subconscious, right? We put the frontal cortex, the, the conscious mind to sleep, and we just go right through the back door because the subconscious is really running the show anyway. Like Joseph Murphy, he says that the conscious is the husband and the subconscious is the mama, right? And we all know that in our homes, I mean, the world paradigm is changing of male and female roles. But in my house, my man, he is the man. But the women, I run this shit. I run the day-to-day aspects of our lives. Granted, when my husband puts his foot down and says something, that's the way it is. But I run the day-to-day aspects of my children, home, things like that. So think of it that way. The subconscious is no different. It runs the breathing. It runs the 
heart rate. It runs the blood pressure. It runs all the experiences. And if we can bypass the conscious and just go to that, I mean, when you were a little kid and you wanted to go do something, okay, so this is me putting out my shit, hello, but my dad was always the one to be like, no, no. Or what did he say? Go ask your mom. So why would I go ask him? Why would I need to ask him? I'm just going to go ask my mom because she's going to say yes and then she'll convince my dad, right? So that's the same concept. I'm just going to go through the back door and that's why I love hypnosis. Another way to go through the back door is SATS, which Neville talks, SATS, a state akin to sleep. That's what SATS means. It's an acronym. So And if you've studied Neville, you're very well versed in this. So SATS is done before bed and upon waking in the groggy state. We do this without thinking deep on it. So what I mean by that is before you go to bed at night, I know you get in bed and you rehearse all your woes. What we did that day, what we have to do today, what we have to do tomorrow, things like that. Oh, I made a fool out of myself this way. I hated how this went. You do all that shit anyway on autopilot. Sats just flips the script. And it's like, well, if you're going to sit and rehearse the day anyway, you might as well rehearse for what you want. So Sats does the same thing. It's just revising our day or thinking on purpose what we wish to experience before we go into sleep so that we can dream on it or impress the subconscious mind before we go to sleep. Joseph Murphy always explained like, go before you go to bed, pick a time that you want to wake up in the morning. If you have an alarm on your phone that you get up for work, I dare you to do this. I used to do this all the time. Before you go to bed, be like, I want to get up at Let's say a half hour before your alarm goes off. And don't pay it no mind. Don't make it like deep or anything like that. Just I would I request to get up at this time and give it to the subconscious. Toss the football to it because it is going to do a home run. That's what it does. It's going to wake you up that half hour early. If you read the book by Joseph Murphy, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, he has plethora of examples of how people such as scientists and professionals use the power of the subconscious mind to recall details or images or things that they needed to remember in their day-to-day lives, how they use the power of that to bring that forth. So that's a good book to uh, research or just take in as well. So SATS is just revising our day to think on purpose what we wish to experience or what we wish we had experienced in the day. So at night, before you go to bed, focus on the how... how, how, (laughs) Good freaking hell, girl. So before you go to bed, focus on how the day was lovely and how even the things you did not like in the moment, they magically favored you. They were all for your favor. And in the morning when you wake, before you even get out of bed and reach for that phone... Take five minutes and create the feeling you would have, now not would want to have, but you will have if this day was the best day, the best day. Like you get to create and experience all the joyous emotions. What is that like for you? Really, what is that like for you? If you woke up and were excited to get out of bed and then get up and expect something beautiful to happen. Wait all day in excited anticipation because baby is coming. 
It's coming. Anyway, so we are like 30 minutes in. Um, I'm just going to put a pin in it there. We can do the soul truth next week. This is a lot of information to digest. So we recapped no experience B, which, you know, you can email me if you have any questions whatsoever on that. And then we just went into some ways on the subconscious mind and how we can influence it. And you can always email me if you have questions on that. You get to create whatever life you desire. And I hope you do because it's, what is it, uh, Neo? It's all because of you. It's all because of you. It really is. You're the only one that can create and believe in behalf of you. No one can create your sorrow. No one can create your joy because all of that comes from your thoughts. It really does. It all comes from you. And I know that's really hard to hear sometimes, especially when we want to feel a different feeling and we're in a mental prison and we just want out. But baby, you're the one who locked yourself in so you can get yourself out. I promise. Anyway, beautiful. I hope you have a beautiful day, whatever you define that to be. And peace out. Thanks for kicking it with me. If you want, you can reach me by emailing me at katiethejoylady at gmail.com. Or you can check out my website at www.joyisyourbirthright.com. There, I always have four free intro sessions so we can pick at any limiting belief that you want and bring you some clarity so you can see what the power of coaching can do. So hit me up. Otherwise, have a beautiful, beautiful week. Peace out.